God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. Hello, I'm Will Addison, joined by my wife, Miki, and we want to welcome you to a new program here on AFR called By Design, where we discuss all things related to God's design for marriage. You can visit afa.net slash by design to find articles, podcasts, and videos to educate and encourage you on building up your marriage and family the way God designed. That's right. By Design's mission is to educate and encourage people to embrace God's design for marriage and family as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization Mm. and also to celebrate the union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. We are so excited today for this particular episode of By Design. Our guest is Bishop E.W. Jackson. Yes, uh, we've known him for a while. You know, he's a great, great brother. And uh, we're going to talk today about longevity and our marriages. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> hey, who best to talk about this than someone has been married for a good long time, you know, and praise God for that. Before we move on, I just want to let people know that you'll be hearing different voices host the show as well. You know, uh, Miki and I will be hosting uh, Pastor Bert Harper, mm-hmm. you know, Wesley uh, Wildman, and also Abraham Hamilton III. So it's going to be a, a good mix I think and, so. and great guests. But our first question, uh, Bishop Jackson, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited about the new program. Yeah, yeah, awesome. How long have you and your wife been married? I'm so glad you asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> my wife and I celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary oh on September the 11th of last year. Uh, we renewed our vows, had a big ceremony, wow. had a had a you know of course in the midst of of COVID and all of that, but but still oh no that's right that was before COVID no so we we had but we, we just had a wonderful wonderful time had okay. friends and family come and awesome. and uh, yeah it was it, it's. It's nice, and yeah, uh, yeah we've at, at fifty years, you know, you just start to get a handle on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is encouraging, at the same time, a little bit concerning <laughs> because that means we don't even we, well, we don't even have close, a handle. Huh? Will we don't have a handle? Um, but you know what? Then this actually, it's so good for us to learn this because yeah. you are the perfect person for us to have this conversation with. Because so often, Bishop Jackson, we are just encouraging people to to get married, and we're saying that. That marriage is God's design, but so often what happens inside of those marriages, we're not showing a lot of concern for. So it's not just the institution of marriage that is a witness to our culture, but it's also how that marriage looks that is a witness to our culture. So today we wanted to focus on longevity, and at 50 plus years, um, you can teach us a little bit about that. Tell us about your marriage in the early years. Oh, wow. Uh, well, first of all, when we got married, I was not saved. Mm. And my wife and I have talked about this uh, with our church extensively when we're teaching younger couples about marriage. Uh, and because I was not saved, I didn't have a clue mm-hmm. what it really meant to be a good husband or, or, for that matter, a good father. But I got saved, thank God, uh, five years into our marriage. Okay. And that that revolutionized things because prior to that— 
you know, I had probably a typical unsaved person's attitude. Uh, I can do what I want to do, mm. and I'm in charge, and mm. just everybody just, you know, do what I tell you to do, and, and everything everything will be great. Yeah. And uh, it, it was, it, it, I look back on it, and I just want to slap myself and say, <laughs> I can't believe that that was me. Yeah. Well, it wasn't me. It was a, it was a, a man who's dead now, mm. but a new man was born again. So in December of 1976, after we'd been married for five years, I got saved, and, and of course, you, uh, my wife got a different kind of husband. Wow. Immediately. Immediately things changed because, for one thing, I wouldn't go to church, and then after we got, after I got saved— now you can't keep me out of church. Mm. And it so was, no was your longer. wife saved? My wife was saved, but she was, let's put it this way, she had grown up in a very traditional church where she she had not really been taught the power of God to transform people's mm. lives. Okay. And so she remained faithful in going to church, but she would admit herself that she didn't really know very much. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and so once once I got saved and we started going to church together— it, it changed everything because yeah. then I got serious about reading the word and studying the word and 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 us praying together and and so that was that was stage one. Say, so, but still, then I still had a lot of those old ways that I had to begin to shed and God had to teach me. So I say that first phase was the unsaved me. The second phase was the Christian but immature me. Mm, that's good. And then over yeah. time. As I began to better understand, began to better understand the love that God wanted me to show to my wife, and 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 the selflessness. I, when I when I counsel couples, I say, you know, the biggest problem in marriage is not finances, it's not uh, uh, how to raise the children. The biggest problem in marriage is selfishness. Mm. I want my way. <laughs> yep. and, and you know, I used to always say, I would say to my wife, why can't you be more like me? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but then I started to realize. God didn't want her to be like me mm-hmm. because God knew that the me needed her mm. <laughs> and I needed what she brought to me and she needed what I brought to her. And once I, the other truth that, that really revolutionized, I think, our marriage too was when I began to realize God designed it that my wife be different than me mm-hmm. to balance me, to help me with things that I thought were absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But God was sh- showing me, well, guess what? It's not. Yes. Oh, that's right. so good. So you you need your wife to help you see things that you don't see. Yeah. And you Amen. need her to help you with things that you're not strong at. Amen. And so the things that used to, before I was saved and even in my earlier Christian life that would cause an argument, now we laugh about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I say, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because now I see that's helping me, not not coming against me, not hurting me, but helping me to, to see things from a different perspective. So it's, awesome. it, it has been a journey. And I would say we are in, uh, I hope not the the, 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 the the ultimate stage of joy, but, but I would say for the last 25 years, I mm. mean— We've had just an absolutely wonderful marriage, maybe longer, after going through some struggles. And and the struggles mainly, I must admit, with me, with Mm. me trying to—I came up in a broken home. My wife had two parents who stayed married all their lives. I did not. I came up in a broken home. I didn't know anything about marriage from my own childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. So God had to really teach me what it meant mm-hmm. to be a good husband and a good father. And my wife, bless her darling heart, mm-hmm. had to put up with all that <laughs> until I could kind of get it together. And uh, But once I did and understood what God expected, I, I believe this too, Will, 
if the man gets his act together, I mean, you you are you yeah. are headed in the right wow. direction. Yeah. Because the wife, no matter how wonderful she is, if the man's got the wrong attitude, got the wrong priorities, mm-hmm. it's going to be very difficult to have for her to make the home a happy place. Mm-hmm. But if he gets his act together. You know, as they say, happy, happy life, happy wife, you know? You know, to that point, you know, as I was thinking about what you were saying, you said five years into your marriage, that's when you got saved. But she was going to church but didn't really. So when you really, uh, when you came to Christ, uh, did she just kind of fall in line with your leadership? Like she just said, okay, man, when you started wanting to do things and pray and go to church, was that something that she welcomed? Because she was like, okay, great. Or was it a little uh, shaky in following the leadership there? At first, it was a little shaky only because I didn't just get saved. Okay. I mean, I got saved. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got... That cat's not saved. Let's get that cat saved. <laughs> Anything that moves, you, wow. you need to know about Jesus, buddy. Come so, on. So wow. it was, for, for my entire family, it was such a dramatic mm. change because my salvation did not come from going to church or going to a prayer meeting. I was reading the word, came under conviction, mm. and, and literally woke up one morning on December 22nd, 1976, and tapped my wife on the shoulder and said, you know what? She said, what? I looked at so sweetly. She said, what? I said, I think I'm saved. And she Man. said, wow. what? Praise God. And she thought I'd had a nervous breakdown. She told my mother-in-law, she said, I think Harvard Law School is too much for him. <laughs> you know, he got up this morning talking about Jesus. Wow. But I hadn't lost my mind. I'd found it. Come and I on. went to church that Sunday. And she wouldn't even go to church with me because she didn't know she thought she had a husband now who was having mental illness. Wow. I went to church that Sunday, and when the preacher gave the altar call, I felt like I sprinted to the altar. Mm. Just laid there and wept. Just wept. Yeah. Just wept. I, guess I still get yeah. emotional yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. But once they realized, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, so we, God did something yeah. in his life. Yeah. Then things started to settle down. And then I learned to yeah. don't try to get the cat saved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. But but I, I learned to to sort of understand decency and order and, and got under a pastor who really taught me yes. and helped me and uh and got called into the ministry. And and at that point, no issues. At mm-hmm. that point, mm-hmm. she my wife just said, you know, whatever you say, yeah. uh, let we'll do. I, I yeah. really believe God is using you. And then we both continue to grow and mature Amen. in that. Man, it's just a side boy. I know we have more questions, but That's okay. when you talk about how, you know, uh, you got saved, I think about my dad. Mm-hmm. It was around the same time. Something was happening in the 70s. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. But he was in his apartment and he said he prayed the Lord's Prayer. Like he never prayed it before. He was by himself mm. and God just, you know, he, he got saved, Amen. you know, by himself. And I was like, man. And, and at that time he was separated from my mom mm. and God told him, go get your family. Wow. <laughs> and wow. he came and got uh, my mom and me from uh, my grandparents house. And he was a leader until the end of his life, man. Praise he, God. you know, so man, the, 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 the salvation work of God, um, as far as marriage is concerned, <laughs> you know, if amen. you have someone who's, who's not saved in a marriage, man, pray for them, pray that God will, will save them yes. because he will. And you will see a, a, a difference, a change oh. within your home. Immediately. Amen. Man. I mean, cause look, I went from go to what, go to church. <laughs> what? 
Uh, you know, uh, I said, my attitude was, you know, church is fine for women and children, but men have important things to do. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then now it's, we're late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. We're doing wow. church. I mean, literally, it just, just flipped. And, and so, yes, it, it made all the difference in the world in, in, in our marriage. I think the other thing that, that I realized as a man was that God really showed me, son, you get your act together and your marriage will get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I realized that God had ordered this thing in such a way that if I sowed the right things into my wife, mm-hmm. she was going to be happy yeah. and I was going to be happy. She didn't have the authority to sow the things into me that could make me satisfied. But if I got right with God and began mm-hmm. to sow the things into yeah. her and to, into our home that were right, the whole home would be peaceful oh, and, wow. and happy and joyful. Wow. And my yeah. wife testifies to it. She she says, it was him. He he did some things, and it wow. started. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I used to, for example, even even after I got saved, because here again, I I didn't, I wasn't, my father wasn't married. I was mm-hmm. raised in foster care, and then in a single single dad. And if I get ready to go out, my wife would say, this, even even after I became a Christian, my wife would say, "Where are you going? Where am I going?" <laughs> Now, I wasn't going out to do anything wrong, but yeah. just the idea of me having to tell somebody where I was going, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't done that. I mean, that's not what I... And, and the Lord convicted me. He said, yes, yeah, she's got a right to know where you're going <laughs> and when you're coming back mm-hmm. and what you're going to do and, wow. and all of that. So as all that stuff get got sorted out in my heart and I began to deal with my wife in just a different way, it, mm. it, it really, and I'm not taking credit, I'm giving God the glory Amen. for it, Amen. because if it were up to me, I don't think we would have stayed mad. I don't think she mm. could have stood it. Mm. Wow. You know, and that's such a great point that you raise, Bishop Jackson, because I think that in those early years of marriage, we are all struggling to see the purpose. Like, you get into it, and then you start, you're like, why, why, why did I even do this? You know, because the attack is so strong against marriage. But to the point that you're making, let's talk a little bit about longevity. Like if we can get over some of these hurdles and some of these these bumps that we have in marriage, whereby maybe we're not used to accountability or mm-hmm. we're not used to growing together. And, and so there is some humility that is required as you are accountable one to another. Right. Talk about getting through that um, and that pointing also to the glory of God. Amen. Well, you know, I, I think of it this way. The Bible says men ought to love their wives as Christ loved the church. How does Christ love the church? I mean, does, is there anybody who knows him who wants to get away from him mm. or, or, or wants to spend less time with him or mm. doesn't want to be around him? Come on. Uh, and yet we know he's in charge. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's our, he's our Savior, our Lord, our Master. Yet we... <laughs> We, we love him. We, we, we covet the time uh, we can spend with him. So we worship him. And, and, and frankly, if men think of marriage and their wives in the same way that we think about Christ and the church, I, I think it brings a whole new perspective to it. Um, I, I remember the Lord saying to me one time, when I, 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 I teach when I talk about this stuff, I say, don't have negative conversations with yourself about your spouse. 
Mm. Oh, that's good. Because, you know, you can get into a thing wow. where you start having a conversation with yourself about, well, why didn't she? Mm. Why didn't he? he da, 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 da. And, you know, you, you're, I that's say, good. don't do it. Sure. Don't do it. That's the devil trying to separate you. We don't have those kinds of conversations about Jesus. Mm. <laughs> you know? We don't sit around saying, well, why did Jesus do this? <laughs> oh, I mean, because man. we know that he loves us and has a perfect plan and purpose for us. And so... As I think about that, it, it, to me, it, it helps me to understand the joy that God intended for us to have in marriage. And, and look, I, I, I'm, I'm a living witness. There's nothing, and I'm, I'm traveling, for example, as I'm doing this, I'm going to be on the road all week. I, I have nothing, no greater joy than when I show up at home. Mm and see my wife again and come into our home, a home of peace Amen. and Amen. tranquility yeah. and, and joy. And that, that was the other thing that the Lord showed me a long time ago because, you know, none of us is perfect. And I would have struggles and problems at work and things I was doing. And I'd come home with that attitude. And I'd sometimes say to the Lord, you know, well, Lord, why is it that, you know, everybody is not, you know, why doesn't the home seem to be happy? And I'm serious. One day the Lord said to me, because you aren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and, and I, I learned if I come home with a positive, uplifting attitude, it affects the entire yeah. household. Yeah. If I come home with an ugly, down, irritable attitude, it affects the entire mm-hmm. household. So... Here again, Jesus never deals with us that way. Mm-hmm. We don't ever go to Jesus, even if we've messed up. We don't ever go to Jesus and ever say, you, what is wrong with you? I, <laughs> he, he, he's tender with us. He loves us. He forgives us. He helps us get straight if there's something wrong in our lives. But we don't ever feel condemned or discarded uh, or disapproved. Mm-hmm. Some of the most powerful words I ever heard God speak to my heart. Now, this is grace. We know this is not who we are in our physical being. But when God comes in and changes us and says to us, I find no fault in you. You know, to, to, to see our spouses that way and to see our lives with them that way. Yeah, we'll have issues from time to time. But what God has done is a perfect work of grace. Amen. And if we'll approach it that way, I mean, to me, that's... That's what has allowed my wife and I is here again to God be the glory. It's God to to uh, to be not only married for 50 years, but for most of that happy and joyful. And I mean, if people I say if people could take a film of secretly film me and my wife around the house, they find us laughing and talking mm-hmm. and joking with each other and teasing each other about our little foibles and little things yes. that we do yes, and, wonderful. and just having a good time. And so what, yeah. what we present to people on the outside is, is what happens on the inside, that's and awesome. that's the key. Amen. You know, we now call that, uh, we call that so married. Um, we, we had a, a, a young man that would come over to our house um, every Saturday for breakfast and discipleship. And he wasn't married. He's now married, has two kids, but he wasn't married. And uh, he would come over to our home. We'd make a big breakfast on Saturdays. And he just wanted to observe and just be a part of our family. And so one particular Saturday, Will and I were just joking with each other, much like you're describing. And uh, And this young man said, he goes, man, you guys are just like, 
you're so married. You know, he goes, you guys are just so ma-. And I thought about that. And I thought, I said, you know what? We are adopting that because yeah. we're not just married and, and yeah. just trying to, you know, squeeze through. We're so married. We we love being married. We are enjoying each other's company. And it sounds like that's what you're describing there. Amen. And, and let's face it. Nobody wants to look forward to, and you hear this in the world, well, you know, we stayed married because of the kids. Oh, uh, or, you know, yeah, we, we're living in the same household. Mm. Uh, that That's not what God intended for no. marriage. He didn't no. intend it to be something you endure. And, you know, I, I, I put up with it. Yeah. Uh, he intended it to be something that fulfills you. That's right. You know, I, I've often thought to myself when things are... You know, the, we, we live in an unstable world and a lot of crazy stuff going on out here. But I've thought to myself, I, I never feel more at peace mm. than when I'm home. I don't need to go somewhere else to feel at peace. Yeah. That's right. The peace and tranquility is in my home. Getting there gives me a sense of peace and comfort. And and that's something you can stay in for 75 years. And, <laughs> and I've met people who've been married that long. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's really what God intended. And of course, it takes both to want that. Uh, I, in fact, when my wife and I were having difficulties, as we did in the early stages, even after I got saved and there were still issues, because here again, we know we bring baggage with us. And, and coming from a broken home, uh, a, a home in which my father had had two failed marriages mm-hmm. and, and was never hesitant to tell me how, why they failed in terms of putting down, you know, yeah. women yes. and all so forth. Yes. Um, I, I, I would pray to God and I say, Lord, I, I don't want a situation where when our children grow up, we are just here tolerating each mm-hmm. other. I, I want us to enjoy our, our marriage. I want us to be happy. I want us to, to be glad that we're married and to not, not have any doubts that you put us together. And the Lord said, I'll do it. Amen. You work with me. You cooperate with me, and I'll get it done. Mm. And and that's exactly what God did. Wow. Mm. Glory to God. No, that's awesome. Uh, I, I want to ask you, longevity in marriage, what picture or what does that say to the world that's watching us as, as Christians, uh, having long marriages and marriages that are joy-filled, Amen. you know, uh, that we treat each other like we're supposed to? What does that say as a witness to the world? I think it speaks more loudly and and shines more brightly than it ever has before because it's so unusual to find it now. Yeah. Um, marriage has been denigrated in our culture. It's been redefined. Uh, and you said it earlier, Miki, I mean, the devil, anything God creates, the devil hates. Mm. And he wants desperately to destroy marriage. Um, uh, m- there's not a single member of either of our families, our siblings. My wife and I have several siblings between each other. Not a single one with a successful marriage. Wow. We're the only ones. Mm. Well, you know, we have we talk sometimes about the fact <laughs> that they must look at us and go, "Well, w- yes. what's mm-hmm. what's different? Well, how come? Why did they make it?" Yeah. And of course, we have an answer, and the yeah. answer is we we actually put our trust in God, mm-hmm. and then sought to obey God's word, not Amen. just you know, oh yeah, we're Christians, but then when the word says how I'm supposed to treat my wife, yeah, yeah, well, you know, nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a great point. That's but a actually point. trying to yeah. live that out. Yeah. Um, I think it speaks more loudly than it ever has before. And, you know, it's a reminder to us, and, and I hope to others who will hear us, 
we don't support marriage because we hate anybody else. That's right. We support it because we love God and we know it works. It was designed, as as the title of the podcast suggests, it was designed to give us peace and joy and, and satisfaction and fulfillment. Uh, and, and I think, you know, your marriage and, and the marriages of other Christians really ought to be celebrated like never before mm-hmm. because the world desperately needs that witness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure that even as we are, you know, doing this podcast, Bishop, that there are people in two different categories. You've, you've got the husband who may be kind of at his end, you know, and he's just not sure. I mean, he loves Jesus. You know, too often we just like say, well, they must not have Christ. But a lot of our marriages, they do have Christ. But it's like you say, it's sort of like, well, I'm not perfect, you know. So I'm wondering if you can speak to two individuals listening to this podcast. There's the husband who is sort of like, man, I've just had enough of her. I've I've had enough of this. And, you know, for my own sanity— I need to get out. And then there's the wife who is also listening. And she's like, listen, I have done everything they told me to do. I've read the books. I've prayed. And I am not seeing in him this picture that is painted in Scripture. And I need to get out. And so both of them have kind of come to the end. How can you encourage him and her today? Well, I would say two things. The first is, what if Jesus dealt with you like that? What if Jesus looked at you? And I'm not just talking about stuff we did before we became Christians. I'm talking about mistakes we made even after we became Christians. What if Jesus looked at us and said, yeah, I tell people all the time, I have no complaints about God. Please don't ask him whether he has any about me. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's the first thing. Show the grace that you want. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, None of us is perfect, and yet God loves us with a passion that is beyond our ability to fully understand. But, you know, the second thing I would say is, for people to say, you know, I've had it, I'm tired of it, take a hard look at yourself. Because I think one of the keys for me was to stop realizing that the problem really wasn't my wife, it was me. Mm. And if I became the very best husband I could be, you know, you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a spiritual law. And if I did that, God promised me the rest would fall into place. And so instead of going to God all the time and saying, now, Lord, can you just straighten my wife out about this? If she would just think, if she would just, instead I would go, Lord, help me. Yeah. Help me to be the husband that you want me to be for her. Mm-hmm. Not, Lord, change her. And I think, here again, selfishness. You're not doing what I need you to do. How about me praying that, Lord, help me to do for her what she needs. Mm -hmm. Help me to be the husband that she needs me to be. So if if we would get off of what we're wanting and desiring, you know, if, if both husband and wife are competing with each other to see, how can I bless you? How can I encourage you? How can I help you? How can I, how can I, you know, I think the rest falls into place. Amen. Amen. And it sounds like that we have already run out of time. (laughs) I'm going to petition for an hour podcast (laughs) just so that we can really drill down. Ultimately, I think that when we think about what glorifies God, it's not found in us just living for ourselves. 
That's it. And marriage has a way of kind of kneading those things out of us and working those things mm-hmm. out. And we can live for the glory of God and we can be married for the glory of God. However long that is that the Lord has for us. Amen. In your case, Amen. Bishop, 50 plus years. In our case right now, 17, dropping the bucket. Right. Dropping the bucket. <laughs> um, but at any rate, man, this is God's design. Amen. And we must be found living by it. Not just saying we exist in it, but living gloriously yes. by God's design for marriage.